If ever your life could be a true crime podcast episode, then this podcast is for you. We're about to embark on a roller coaster of emotions, insights, survival, and stories about escape. So buckle up and let the journey begin. Hello and welcome back to The Escape Pod, a part serious, part hilarious tromedy featuring stories of escape. Hi, Julie. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Good, good. So I am Julie here with Charity, my co-host, and we are coming to you from the Escape Pod Suite, our very cool old podcast suite on the One Heart Campus in Rapid City, South Dakota. It's a nonprofit here. And uh, if you want to learn more about it, you can visit our prologue episode and learn more about what we're doing here to help people escape all sorts of negative influences that they might be dealing with in trying to change their own lives for the better. And and um, the programs here and, and the place are kind of awesome. But of course, we work here. So of course, we think that. <laughs> um, but we do meet all sorts of interesting people with our, all sorts of interesting backgrounds and situations. And one of the things that they can that they can count on here is that they will be heard um, and that they will have opportunities to um, deal with some of the things that they've dealt with in their past to learn to cope with them. Right. And uh, part of the reason that this is part of our programming is because even our own executive director, Charity, has dealt with some of these things herself. And she makes that very clear to the people that um, come to the campus for help, that she's really not so different from them. So Charity, um, Let's uh, get into this. If you remember from our first episode, people, she told a tale, uh, not a tale, a true story about an incident on a bus um, at a young age, 12, 13 years old, probably a seventh grader, and deciding, um, I... A couple of things, like your your brain in its young and likely crisis sort of state in thinking. Oh, for sure. I would like people to like me. I would like to impress my dad. Um, took a bottle rocket kind it of idea a to a new experiment. idea. It, I mean, it was also, hey. Don't I, do it at home. <laughs> and don't let your kids do it. I could have, if I would have recorded it, maybe I could have submitted that for science fair or something, but I did not. Well, that's true. But probably not when, yeah. No, Just thank mm-hmm. God there was no social media back then. No social media and shamed. also uh, no severe, severe consequences because nobody got hurt. So we're very grateful for that. But yes, do not under any circumstances decide to check out what a bottle rocket does on a bus. We'll just leave it at that. You can listen in our first episode. Maybe that should be a permanent disclaimer. Do not attempt anything Charity has done because <laughs> none of them were sane right. or healthy. They all could have had like yeah, you turned out thick consequences. It turned out remarkably it well. It took a lot of work, though. Yeah. It yes. really did. And yes. so now if you, you know, please don't be offended if, if I'm laughing at some of this stuff because – it's a, it's a nervous like I can't I believe I did it. I can't believe that's me, but yet I know that's me. Yeah. Kind of a laugh and some of it just mortifies me and you know and I'm I'm getting more comfortable as the years go on. Yeah. Owning it and talking about it yeah. and um relating, you know, just just helping our our guests that we serve understand that transformation is possible. I am living proof. It can proof. be different. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And we don't we don't intend to just you know, bore you and, and talk about our nonprofit constantly. Um, it's just a very integral part of our day and our yeah. work and our story. And the podcast really sprung out of that in trying to 
knowing that we can't serve all the people who might need something like what we like one heart um, to try to to try to knit them together yeah. across the the country and build a community and have um, you know a real intensified effort of helping people connect in ways that that celebrate these transformations and the hard work that people put into it to actually change their brains and change their lives. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's incredible and it's possible. And, you know, if you're struggling out there with things that, you, that you're trying to escape from your past that are still mm-hmm. impacting your day to day, I am here to tell you that you are not alone. It can be done. And we want to celebrate those stories. Sometimes we have to get down into the muck um, and talk about the trauma, which isn't always pleasant. We will do our best to give trigger warnings when appropriate, um, but also know that that we're human and sometimes we just get caught up in the conversation. And um, we always welcome feedback at just because at escapepod.live if you want to let us know what you're thinking about the topics mm-hmm. that we discuss. We always want to get better and really work to create an, a good experience for all of you. Yeah, yeah. So we've heard a little bit about 12, 13-year-old charity. And so we're going to fast forward just a little bit to your uh, probably high school years, you think. Um, sometimes Young. it's I hard to pinpoint. Sophomore. sophomore. Yeah. And some of the things that happened, um, I'll just throw this out there that she and I lived a very different lives. <laughs> As young people, um, work together very well as adults, uh, but we have talked, we've we've laughed a lot about the fact that like our just our paths are just so different, you know, and and um, mine borderline boring, and but I'm actually uh, very okay with that. Boring is okay. Boring is okay. It probably means well adjusted. Um, <laughs> but so uh, I'll just say this that my before we started recording, I said, you know how you avoid teen dating violence is to be a teen who never dated. <laughs> There's that, you know, I, I real I didn't very much. I didn't have a lot of interest from boys in my life. I had lots of boys who were friends and to this day um, am still friends with some of them. And I, I think that's, it was very much a comfort zone. I was actually pretty good at the friend zone, just oh, so you know. Good. But see, your dad is awesome. Your parents are awesome. And you were loved and supported. So I was right. the opposite where like... I craved that. Like, I needed mm. to be validated by a male. Okay. It never happened. I always chased shitheads that were just like my dad. So it always backfired until I met my husband who, against all odds, right. stuck it out and just did not buy my bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so far, so good, right? So, well, yeah. 30 what years later? Yeah. 30 I think you're okay. Two, one, 31 yeah. It's, it's been a minute. It's been a while. He's, yeah, he's in it f- to win it. <laughs> so tell us, um, we'll, we'll take a turn for a little more serious. We're, we are part serious, part hilarious tromedy. Oh. Uh, we, we've, we've claimed that word. How old do you think you were when this started? How long did it last? What were some of the things that happened that, again, um, let you relate to I mean, there's this is not an unusual thing in our country, unfortunately, no. um, for young women. And I'm sure to some extent, young men, I, I admittedly didn't look up statistics before I walked in here today, that that there is some level of abuse within this thing that's supposed to be, you know, should be a fun time in your life, should be still a fairly innocent time in your life. And it just isn't for everybody. So uh, when did it start for you and what what happened? You know, you you say the word innocent and I'm trying to even think of any time 
in my childhood that I would consider like an an age of innocence. Like, oh, I mean, it's it's there's that is some so sick. I know, I know. Don't I'm not trying to make you cry. Julie cries very easily. Um, That's really. I pretend sad. I don't, but I do too. Um, so my parents, um, just a little bit of background. They got pregnant with me at 15 and 17. Mm-hmm. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Life changer, right? Um, so when I was a teenager, they ended up with two daughters, and I'm sure they were very like, well, I know, I can tell you they were very uh, uh, strict in controlling because I'm sure they didn't want us to make, you know, the okay. same mistakes or the same choices. So I, I can understand that. Um, but they would not let me date until I was 15 and a half didn't mean I wasn't. Sure. It just means I couldn't legitimately do it till I was 15 and a half. What can I can I ask what the half was for? I think the half was like, well, I stopped dating at 15 charity because I met your dad. So just to put a little bit more control or like give you I, I don't know how my parents' brains works. I I gave up. I, I gave up. Um so anyway, they started letting me date. I had just started high school, um, so I was a sophomore, and there was a senior who um, I just thought was, he was that dark, mysterious. She liked the I like the guys with, yeah, yeah, I don't know what, what it was about this guy, um, but we would catch each other's eye in the hallway, mm-hmm. and uh, and so he was the first official boyfriend, like, like sanctioned by my parents right allowed like hey this is cool so they they met him we started going out and it was like that whirlwind of um I mean he treated me like a queen Mm. um came all the way out to my house which was way away from school he was he lived much closer to town would pick me up take me to school um spoil me I mean he always worked so it was just like Finally, I have a guy that is like um, giving me positive attention, right? Sure. So it was easy to overlook some of the warning signs, and I'll I'll get to to some of those later. Um, you'll probably pick up on some of these cues as I tell the story. But uh, over time, it really became, um, and I don't rem- I don't know like precisely when the shift was. I know that here's a wild story, kind of a side story, but how he came onto my radar is he had been at a party and had a makeout session with one of my friends. Mm. And then when we started dating, all he did was disparage my friend and call her horrible things, mm. you know, slut, this, that, the other thing. And she wasn't. She was a lovely human being. And so that should have been my first warning. Yes. Um, yeah. But again, I this is what I'd been waiting for, I thought, right? This is going to be it. I'm finally, after 15 and a half whole years, going to have this, you know, true love fairy tale bullshit. So um, with time, I remember, like, I just never saw my friends. Yeah. Um, because, like, he was in my brain. It wasn't true. It wasn't real. But, like, in my brain was was filling those things that I felt I needed filled, mm-hmm. right? So I just remember he's bringing me home from school. It's a year. We, it was our year anniversary. And, like, we celebrated all the little sub-anniversaries, like ridiculous little, you know, whatever. Well, teenagers. Yeah. And now it's a year <laughs> later. So he's graduated. I'm now a junior. 
And um, it was a year anniversary. And I just it just hit me like, I haven't seen my freaking friends in a year. I haven't done anything with my friends in a year. And sometime before that, and it it's hard to remember now, but at some point, he really started getting on me about like, I don't want you to wear makeup. I don't want you to fix your hair. Um, dress down. He did not want any other guys looking at me. Mm. And, you know, in me and my personality, that's what attracted him. But as soon as he owned it or possessed it, he want anyone, he, he just wanted it for himself, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd buy into it because it's like, oh, he's my guy. You know, he's my person. It's fine. And uh, so, yeah. And I just remember looking in the mirror one day going, you know, I look like shit. I don't, I don't even know who I am. Like, what is going on? And I just started having these realizations that something wasn't right. So, um, and, and not only that, like, he would be um, constantly comparing me to the women, the posters on his walls and just all this Ew. stuff. And, yeah. and so that didn't do anything for my self-confidence. Like, of you know not. what I mean? Yeah. So it was just, it was just a whole, it was just a whole mess. Um, so year goes by. He wants to do something for our anniversary. We didn't have any actual plans. I think he just assumed that we were going to do something. And I finally just said, nah, I'm good. I want to go out with my friends tonight. Um, this was the first time he got physical. Mm. And uh, no, it wasn't. I take that back. He would do this thing where he would like pin me down by the arms mm. until he got his way. And so we're in the car and he does this and he does not want me to um, see said friend that he had made out with and bashed. Okay, so yeah. and it was her. He knew. I mean, she's one of my best friends. So, um, of course, I called her. I'm like, hey, let's – and the other thing he said was, okay, but do not go to – and it was this – I don't remember what it was called, but it was like a battle of the bands kind of a thing. Okay. Because one of the bands, the headliner band, um, I had dated the bass player and – yeah, and Ooh, he. You were a groupie. I was a groupie. Oh, yeah, I was a groupie. Um, <laughs> but this guy was like, he probably could sense that. This was the guy, like the one that got away back then. Mm. He was, he was also a bad boy, but he was very kind. And that's what happened. Is like, we hooked up, and then he was too nice to me, and I'm like, danger, danger, and I'm just gonna screw him over. So I did, and it was, Aww. and I, I. <laughs> I regretted it forever, and now I'm stuck with this jackass, and uh, don't go to this thing, Charity, and I'm just like, whatever. So I get out of the car, and... Telling you not to go was basically like buying your ticket. Yep, it was. Yeah, I mean, because you've met me. (laughs) So we go, and um, my friend has a curfew, and uh, that comes into play in a minute. But uh, so this was back in the late 80s, so I was a big heavy metal girl and nice. so there were moshes and all kinds okay. of stuff. A um, lot of energy that I, I mean, have now. <laughs> just to pause you for a moment, I can get on board with hair bands. I, I mean, Ooh, okay, yeah, good with that. We're fine. We're good with all that. Right, Julie. Yes. So, I like um, a good 80s cover band. I'm yeah. not going to lie. All right, go for 80s it. 80s cover, but then there's like Megadeth and... Yeah, not, not so like much. That. Not like Pantera. the hard, hard yeah. heavy metal, but... Well, this is what was playing, okay. and I, I didn't intend. I wasn't a mosher. Okay. Like, it would occur at these shows, okay. but that wasn't like, ooh, I'm going to do this. So I got kind of caught. When they kind of start spontaneously sometimes. Sure. I got my ankle stepped on. So I'm kind of out of commission. So there's no place to sit in this venue. So I'm kind of over, if you picture, like, 
like if the stage took up a corner of a room. Okay. So there, you know, everybody's on these sides. So I'm like sitting up against a wall. Okay. Kind of on the side of the stage. So I'm looking at the band from behind almost, mm, if that makes okay. sense. So just kind of out of the way because there, there really wasn't a safe place to be. And I couldn't really stand up or walk very well. I forgot about the ankle, um, which I guess that'll come into play in a minute, too. So um, the night is progressing. It's been a fun night. I've seen my friends. I feel like normal again. I have makeup on for the first time. I've done my hair. I feel like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I even bought a band T-shirt. Like, I felt like I was back in the, you know, like social life, right? I was super excited. Well, um, <laughs> it's almost it's the last band. So, again, said ex-boyfriend on stage and... Uh, current boyfriend comes in because he knew I would be there (laughs) and this was he was a tall guy Um, so I kind of look back like he's coming in this way the band is this way so he's coming in from the right the band is to my left for those of you who can't see me talking with my hands (laughs) and uh, she does that sometimes I do that all the time so he walks in and his eyes I mean, you, that cliche of looks could kill. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm like, this is not going to go well. So he's very angry. And so I, I stand up because I, I don't want to be sitting down and have him have that like leverage over me. Right. So I stood up and um, he's pissed. He grabs me by the arms. He smashes me against the wall. And it was like a hard old um, stucco. So it's really sharp. So I've got all these like sharp things going into my back. And I'm like, oh, my God, like there's all these people here. Like, is he going to literally do this in front of all these people? Well, there was this idiotic security guard and he comes over acting like a big man. And um, instead of like, ma'am, are you okay? Or miss, are you okay? Can Mm -hmm. I help? He kicks us both out. And I'm begging him, do not, please do not. You keep him and let me out or keep me and kick him out. But don't kick us out. Like, at the same time, he's going to kill me. And uh, this guy was just, yeah, security guard. Not equipped, really, to probably handle anything serious, right? Sure. Just to whatever. So anyway, um, he kicks us both out. Mm. And uh, so this is across um, three lanes of traffic. Boyfriend is really mad. Starts hitting me across so we get across the street. He's really, 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 really mad when he sees my T-shirt because it was of the band that he, like the ex-boyfriend's band. Sure. So he rips the shirt. And so mm-hmm. I, now I'm standing across the street with my boobs, hang, well, my bra, I mean, hanging out. And uh, and it's dark and everybody's leaving. The show's over. Things are clearing out. And, um, and I remember my friend that I'd come with who had the curfew, she pulls up and he wouldn't let me go. So he's got me by the head so much that my weight was not totally on my feet, which in one case helped my ankle. And the other time is probably why I have neck issues to this day. I'm kind of mm-hmm. kidding. But I'm um, holding me up by the head like he was just going to like, I don't know. He was very, very angry. And um, so just picture that like I'm being squeezed by my head. Shirts ripped, you know, the whole deal. My friend drives up and says, you know, you need to get in the car. And I couldn't get away. And she left me because she had to make curfew. So I'm like, I really am. I'm going to die tonight. Like, I'm, I'm, something bad's going to happen. Somehow, I don't know, sometimes I'm a good bullshitter. And I must have said something because he released his grip on me and I ran. Ankle pain, all the stuff. And I ran back across the street, 
trying to get back into the venue, thinking somebody's got to be there. Dipshit security guard, somebody, right? Um, Couldn't get in those doors. So I go around the back of the building and there was like, oh, my God, there's some, there's another set of doors. Like, and I've never been back there. Like, I didn't know where I was going. I was just running. So I get into these, like, a double set of glass doors, and there's a little hallway, and then there's another set of doors to get back into the venue. But those were locked. So now I'm stuck in a vestibule, essentially. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, the odds of him figuring out where I went are probably pretty good because I couldn't run very fast. So sure enough, here he comes, and I'm like, yeah, okay, so... So I just like um, squatted down in the corner, put my hands over my head like in a defensive pose, and I just waited for it. I'm like, this is it. And um, he's over me. He's screaming. He's ready to unleash. And I hear this voice. And this voice says, Charity, is that you? And it's the ex-boyfriend. He recognized me crying. And uh, so he ended up being my knight in shining armor. And the guy, the boyfriend, freaks out. He's like, not you. Get, you know, blah, 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 and starts. And so the band guys came in and just, they took him and said, okay, we will take you. Like, so the, the I'm trying not to say names because <laughs> mm-hmm. some of them probably still live around here. But um, so ex-boyfriend takes boyfriend so that he didn't have to worry about him being with me. Mm-hmm. So they take him, get him home, whatever, and then the rest of the guys get me home. Um, so I realized it's time to break up with this idiot, right? Mm-hmm. So I did that, and I think my troubles are over. This is going to be good. I tell my parents what happened, and, um, and then the stalking began. So he was now graduated, and back then... Our school was not secure. Of course not. Not at all. I mean, one time some strange girl I'd never seen in my life. And you kind of know, even in a big school, like who you go to school with. Yeah. She walks in, and I just remember looking at her because I'm like, hmm, she's new. And you could tell she wasn't a student. Well, she didn't like the way I looked at her. So literally the same day, we got in a fight. Hmm. No history. I didn't even know this girl's name gotten in a fight and she was big I did get my ass kicked that time it didn't happen all the time but I did that time um random stranger so that's how unsafe the school was so he would come and he would like lurk outside wait for me to get done with classes put stuff in my locker because I had a locker they would never fix it just never locked right um just constant so I I tell my parents hey you know I'm, I'm afraid like I'm afraid he's he just won't stay away and uh my dad's exact words to me were quit being dramatic quit dicking that boy around and get back together with him and I'm like he fucking hit me like right are are you are you for real are you for real and they would not let up they thought this was the guy I'm just like are you oh my god so that's when I, I think I really knew I'm alone in this family, like, Aww. you know, like, I'm, I, I, I have to look out for myself because I'm not going to have anyone have my back, essentially. Mm. So I finally had to stage a whole conversation with another girlfriend on the phone pretending I was talking to now ex-boyfriend um, for my parents to intentionally eavesdrop and hear all the history so that 
hopefully they would finally quit badgering me to get back together with this guy. Mm-hmm. And then they finally did let up after that. But um, it was just unbelievable. I would never say that to one of my children. No, I was ever. thinking, I mean, one of the things myth- missing from your life is an older brother. <laughs> so um, I, my dad would not have been a super confrontational person. He would have never allowed for that for, for certain. But I also had a big brother who I, I think, um, yeah, probably would have handed the person a taste of his own medicine in a heartbeat if he had witnessed it, you know. But then with my, mm. you know, my family, I, my big brother probably would have been a shit show. So I don't know. Again, I go back to your parents are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) My parents are kind of awesome. That is true. Um, So, so it and were you able to end it? Yes, eventually, but it took a while. And and fortunately, um, that's horribly scary, man. I got the heebie-jeebies when you were talking about being in in the back of the venue, you know, before somebody discovers your hiding out there and and waiting for something even worse to happen. Ugh, I can't. Um uh, yeah. But I'll admit uh, my heart rate's a little raised right now. Yeah. So you were um fortunate that that this didn't ended and and nothing worse did happen, but uh we do have some tales of of other tales that did not end as as well. And so we're going to take just a short break and we're going to share a true crime story out of um, Pennsylvania. And then with that, have some um, advice, uh, some tips, if you will, about how to escape these situations and and do so as safely as, as one can. So we'll be right back on the escape pod. Need an early morning boost or midday pick-me-up? Check out the Homebrew Coffee Shop, a coffee shop with a cause in the heart of the One Heart Campus. Homebrew is home to delicious coffee, sweet treats, breakfast, and lunch items, a great place to meet friends or host small group meetings. Homebrew, located at 201 Kansas City Street in Rapid City. Open Monday through Friday from 6.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Homebrew, where you'll find hope for a home in every cup. Welcome back to the Escape Pod. Uh, Charity just shared a very disturbing story. She shared parts of these stories with me before, um, but not the whole thing. So when I say I get the heebie-jeebies once in a while when she's sharing some of this stuff, I really do. My back tingles. Um, So you do, unfortunately, teen dating violence, uh, not a super uncommon thing. Um, Not at all. We're, I'm so glad, at least uh, in your case, that you were eventually able to end it and um, escape from that situation and ended up marrying um, a, a lovely man. Um, he's kind of mean to me sometimes <laughs> in funny ways. Uh, he makes fun of me a lot and we're not related. So I, yeah, anyway, we have some theories as to why that is. But yeah, he does, he kind of... Um, <laughs> jabs me sometimes with his words, but I'm okay with it. Did you I'm ever do a bad interview with him? or I don't know. Did I? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I'm a nice person. He'll come around. I think you <laughs> interviewed me a time or two, and you were always, like, very professional. And... Right? Yeah. I'm not trying to make no. somebody look bad. 
no was never my job. No, you were always no. very lovely. So, um, so she did escape. And we'll talk more about actually some various things in your life over the course of this podcast. It's, it's not solely about charity, but we do have a few stories about her that we do think are worth sharing because, again, these are not super unusual stories for other people. They're wildly different than, than my life, but not, not for a lot of people. And I do have a ton of compassion for others because I know I, in some ways I was just very lucky and blessed, but, uh, you did escape it. Um, this story we're going to share again out of Pennsylvania. The young woman was not, was not as fortunate. So just be, be advised this story does not have a happy ending, but stay tuned because we will have some tips if you're finding yourself in any situations like these. Keep listening. Go ahead, Charity. Well, real quick, you were talking about how common it is. Um, it's about one in 12 teens experience physical dating violence and the same for sexual dating violence. So it's, Interesting. It's, it's prevalent. Yeah. I would, I, w- I don't know. I will say it's not as high as I thought. The statistic is not as bad as I thought it would be. But when you think like a typical classroom maybe is between 20 and 24 people. So one to two of them, mm-hmm. this would have happened to, right? Well, I wonder now too with the um, everyone always having their cell phones with them. Like yeah. maybe if we looked back at data, if it's... Well, and a lot of it goes unreported. Because, true. A lot of it goes unreported. So there's, a, so it's probably a combination of yeah. things that get us to that number. But. And I, I am never going to shame anyone for not reporting things. I've been in those situations, too, where it's just like you just want to move on. You don't want to make a deal about it. You don't want to be judged because not everybody you share with, hey, I'm a victim, is going to treat you like a victim. Well, right. your own parents at yeah. first. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of victim nice blaming, things. victim shaming, yeah. things like that, that some people have just wanted to avoid. And I can I can speak to that, too. So, so this story comes out of Abington Township, Pennsylvania. And this was just a, just a few years ago, July of 2020. A young lady, 18 years old, by the name of Morgan McCaffrey. Her body was found outside of her running vehicle at a train station. She'd been stabbed and slashed repeatedly and left to die. And so it turns out she had been attacked by her ex-boyfriend, Gilbert Newton III. Oh, that just made my blood run cold. Do you know this name from something else? I don't know this name. But my boyfriend I was just telling you the story about was also a third. Oh. So I just never even made that connection. Anyway, so Morgan had broken up with Gilbert a month earlier after a year-long relationship. Also sounds familiar. Mm. Um, And he goes to meet her. Um, He had taken knives with him. And so his side of the story is that he just took the knives because he was going to engage in some play acting dramatic and try to threaten to cut himself to see if she still cared and all this, you know, 18-year-old hormone mental bull, you know, baloney. But um, he was, yeah, he was going to threaten. Look at to, you trying to censor yourself for my I sake. I know, I know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to <laughs> She's maintain trying to clean it up innocence. a little bit. <laughs> I'm trying to maintain your innocence. I don't want to totally corrupt you. Um, but even threatened to kill himself, you know, again, all he wanted to know as if she still cared about him. Um, Well, she was moving on, and he started saying some nasty things when he wasn't getting the result he wanted. And she she scoffed him. Um, He didn't like it, and uh, so he attacked her. 
and uh, these are both 18-year-olds. He was charged with first and third degree murder, as well as possessing an instrument of crime, which is something in, in that state. Um, his defense tried to argue that he's just a kid, he's an idiot, immature kid, whatever. Um, which he probably is an immature kid. It st- that, but that's that no in excuse. and of itself is not no excuse. a defense. Correct. He's a good kid with good character, his defense attorney said told to the jurors. Hmm. However, the DA showed the jury text messages that showed this kid had threatened in writing to stab Morgan 57 times and cut her head off. So to me, that sounds pretty premeditated. Yeah. Um Obviously, it did to the. Did he send those to her? Or did he yes. send it to and other to her people? mother? If I recall, it's been a while since I've oh. I've researched this, but I think he sent them to her mother too. Yeah, man. Who knows? My parents probably would have said, "Okay, we'll we'll make sure she's home or something." I don't know. Let's go ahead and get her head cut off. But um, yeah. So he just wanted to get dramatic and see if she still cares. So this is the the the. Uh, attorney's claim too. A Montgomery County jury found him guilty of murder in both the first degree. Oh, wait, excuse me, first degree and possession of an instrument of crime, which carried a mandatory life sentence. Okay. So I won't get into all the gory details. I mean, being stabbed and slashed is enough. Um, it's, it's already horrific enough. We don't need to paint bloody scenes here. Um, but one of the things that I believe she did right, I don't know what time of day this was or if the train station was busy. I'm guessing it probably wasn't because nobody you saw reported this would right away. Have stopped something, but right. you don't know that yeah, like you said, maybe maybe it was a time of day when there weren't a lot wasn't a lot of activity. Right. But really good advice is to let a parent or a friend or multiple people know you're planning on breaking up with somebody or you're meeting with somebody, go in a public space where there's a lot of people around. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this was in 2020, so presumably people Ooh, had cell point. phones and all that stuff. Also, though, summer of 2020 when a lot of people weren't doing a lot of things. That's true. So there may not have been a lot of people around. That's true. But, but still, yeah. she was, I mean, she was trying to be s- probably smarter than some people would think to be about that about part meeting was. somebody, and I that, think yeah. I think a lot of in this story. Um, this hasn't happened to my daughter, but I think about. Um, I have a, a an adult daughter, young adult daughter, who has never broken up with someone over text. She always does it in person. Mm-hmm. And so this next tip of don't think you have to explain yourself or meet with the person again to talk more. Interesting. You don't have to do that. You don't owe them anything. And it's hard for people who are kind and compassionate who would want to do unto others as, you know, like they would appreciate done unto them. Um, But if you can't do that with a guaranteed safety plan, maybe reassess. You know, I just think the prevalence of mental health challenges, um, I know it's becoming more normalized where it's not such a stigma any longer, Mm -hmm. but there's such a lack of resources to actually help people. We don't have enough mental health care professionals to be accessed. They're all waitlist. They're all, you know. Mm-hmm. But I just think about that. I, I love that, like, do do what's best for you. And if some ex-boyfriend thinks you're selfish or, like, whatever. Yeah. You know, here I am all these years later with in, a, in an amazing relationship, you know, mm-hmm. healthy and whole and, and, and happy. Um I don't care what right. the abusive boyfriend thinks, right? So, and again, avoid it altogether by avoiding dating. <laughs> I mean, well, Julie, there is that. 
Um, I shouldn't say that. People are going to think I don't have a wonderful husband myself. I do, but I didn't find him till I was in my mid-20s. So this is where, to be completely truthful, and I know, I hopefully we'll have some young people listening to this someday, you know, teenagers, young adults, but I really did, now I'm in my 40s, but I really did, you know, when you're in middle school, in high school, junior high, whatever that age group, preteen, teenage years, and I would sometimes you get so sad about like, you know, it was, I always felt like, gosh, I really just wish it were easy to have a date to the homecoming dancer that I didn't have to wonder, like, who's going to take me to prom? Like, I, I went with friends. You know, I went, but I always went with friends. It was never a romantic thing. And in those moments, like, it sucks. You know, it sucks to be like, oh, nobody really wants to go with me or the person who wants to go with me, I don't really want to go with. There were a few of those where I was like, you know, they're not my type. That's not what I want. Why are you laughing <laughs> at me? I'm not laughing at you. I'm, you're, you're making me remember some prom stories. I went to prom three times and all of them were insane. They, oh. <laughs> there was no normal prom experience in my world. Like it was every train wreck station um if, <laughs> if you want to hear uh, they're quick stories but good god so that's why i'm laughing i'm just we'll like, do going, prom oh in the gosh. springtime when it's prom season um oh. but, but you know in those moments you're just like gosh it would be nice if like i had somebody it was just kind of a guaranteed blah 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 and um looking <laughs> but looking back looking back i'm like i am so glad i mean probably by the time i was even in college, I think I was like, you know, I'm really glad that I didn't miss out on things with my friends because I had a boyfriend that was ended up being very controlling. I mean, you know, the the thoughts didn't go maybe that deep, but the truth is I did hit a point even in my younger years where I was like, you know, I'm really glad I wasn't attached to somebody at a time in my life when oh, like, that's, I wish, yeah, right. Yeah. You know? Sure. And so this thing that in that moment, I'm just telling young girls today, don't feel like you have to have the attention of a, a romantic partner all the time. Because in truth, like, I kept really busy. I had awesome friends. I had awesome girlfriends. And we had a ton of fun together. And I do joke about my life being boring, but we actually really did have great times together and, and did all sorts of fun things. And so, you know, I, I do well, want to go back and tell like my 15 and 16 year old self self and not boring and fun. That's I mean, very risky true. and fun are different. But if I could well, go back and be like, sometimes. don't, don't like be sad about not having a boyfriend, like just enjoy the fact that like you mm -hmm. have these like a really good group of close friends. And, and I was, I was very um, happy. I, I didn't not recognize how fun they were, you know, or how awesome those relationships were. But I think it's really easy to just feel left out and to feel like, oh, somebody like the boy I like always likes somebody else. All those things happen. It's normal teenage life. And you will get a few years beyond that and look back and be like, you know what? So what? I didn't have a date to that one dance. I also didn't have somebody who thought they had a lot of say over my life when he shouldn't have it. 16, right. 17, 18 right. years old, you know? So I am you're a, still developing. That's such yes. a precarious time to it is. engage in that type of relationship, mm -hmm. relationship term used loosely. I think it probably helped too. I did have a few friends who, for example, dated older guys. And I really, I really did see some 
I saw some red flags in their relationships. And so I will, I, I'm not um, a perfect person by any means, but I will say one good thing that I have learned about myself is that I am perfectly okay learning lessons from other people's mistakes. Absolutely. Not feeling like I had to know it myself or experience it myself to, to not do that thing. I think I saw enough from a few people freshman, sophomore year of high school where I was like, yep, I know I don't want to be in that kind of situation. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, just be patient. Be patient with those serious relationships, if at all possible, because there's no rush. There's no rush. And I just think, um, I don't know. I know some people who have high school sweethearts that they marry and end up being with forever. My in-laws are a perfect example, uh, but that's pretty rare. So I just think if you can learn to get to you know know yourself well and um, know what you want from a person that you're in a serious relationship with, I think is give it time. Let yourself develop those things. And I think we're all a little bit better off when we just uh, take a step back sometimes instead of diving <laughs> at first. Right. So all your um, advice is like perfect for people who are not in crisis brain and can go like, I know that's true. And make consciously good choices. And then there are people who had brains like mine where it's yeah. like, yeah, what, you know, you were talking about that. And I'm thinking like, I think that's one of the things I'm most proud of is I really invested in both of my kids for my daughter to have self-confidence and yes. know how to set boundaries and all yep. of that. And so nobody's taking advantage of this girl. Yeah. Fiercely independent, very strong, very, very kind still, very kind yeah. and compassionate. And then my son to respect mm-hmm. any significant other, respect people. Like he's he's an incredibly compassionate and in tune and yeah you know so um but here's another tip oh wait I got to tell you this just I'm going to give you a teaser because the prom thing so you did go to prom oh yeah okay did you ever have a prom date strip on a table at prom fortunately no okay well that's one of mine all righty it was a great time not a boyfriend we went as friends but oh god I had a very cute prom date um (laughs) You know, uh, it might have been it. It might have been funny, weird, but funny. This I don't know. A, this was a guy that was like a brother. You know. Oh yeah, that's like weird. A, yeah. So he, he was hammered. Every, I mean, his girlfriend and mom went to chase him down that day <laughs> because they knew we had a prom date and found him in a park, drunk. Oh, no. And so it was a whole thing. Anyway, I won't get into it. But um, tip number three, don't keep secrets from your friends mm-hmm. or for your friends. Yeah. So I, I could not agree more. You know, if you if, if a friend says, hey, you know, I just have to say this to somebody, but you cannot tell anybody. Red flag, mm-hmm. red flag, danger, danger. You can ask for forgiveness later. But tell somebody who has the, the ability to intervene or, or do something or put – a potential victimizer or abuser on notice um, because sometimes that because they just they're going to do what they think they can get away with. And then, like I already said, um, talk to your kids about healthy relationships. I mean, mm-hmm. don't be like my dad, like quit dicking that boy around. Don't right. say stuff like that to your kids. If they come to you and they're like, hey, I'm this is what's going on and I'm afraid, um, yeah. you know, so so all of those things are important. 
Um, and just remember, you know, the, these types of predators are super slick. Um, they will make you feel like a million bucks. They're going to treat you like a queen, mm-hmm. buy you gifts, um, you know, especially not growing up with much money. That's always like it makes you feel special. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Um, they want to spend every moment with you. That's not always a good thing. Agreed. <laughs> Sidebar, I remember my daughter coming to me about a pretty serious boyfriend she had, and she's like, she was ready to break up with him, and I said, why? And there was a main reason, but then there was this other, he, he's always happy, and he wants to spend every, it, it, yeah, and she's just like, that's not normal. Right. So um, she recognized that very early on. Um, but then when you want to go in a different direction, something just kind of snaps. Mm-hmm. They're like, they don't have that control anymore. And they can do that and it, it, like try to try to reassert what they perceive as balance mentally, physically, emotionally. They'll try anything. And a lot of times that that escalates, you know, their cell phones and social media. Like I imagine that constant badgering and abuse when you are trying to physically separate could probably be a lot worse in today's day and age. I'm so grateful this didn't exist when I was when I was going through this um, because there are so many stories now of ex-partners threatening to release compromising text messages or photos or, you know, anything like that. So Um, sad. Yeah. You know, where, like you were just telling me that story today about a a false claim that ruined a young man's life. Um, And I'm sure these young people are thinking, if this gets out, it's going to ruin my life. Mm -hmm. And they're really, um, I get it. You know, I get it. Yeah, I'm sure there are some pretty compromising photos of me from from back in the day, but we'll um we'll definitely put some resources on this um, ways to identify it and some different um, sources for prevention and help and things like that in the show notes. All righty, we're going to take one more quick break and we'll wrap things up on the Escape Pod. At One Heart, transforming lives begins with safe, stable housing and a support system that allows people to reach their true potential. It requires motivation, mentorship, and a myriad of services. It takes time and treasure, but it's worth it because it's working. One Heart provides people with a sense of security, opportunities for economic advancement, and adds dozens to the workforce each year. Learn more about why One Heart works at oneheartrc.org. Welcome back to the Escape Pod. I'm Julie here with Charity, and we are about to wrap things up for this episode. Uh, you can check out our website at escapepod.live. You can always message us at just because at escapepod.live um, or share your own stories of escape. If you're an escape artist, email escapeartist at escapepod.live. So, I like to end things on a happy note. It's just my nature. Um, anywhere you want to escape to this week, someplace you want to be or something you want to do, not the thing we're trying to leave behind. Well, I was really looking forward to hanging out with a friend I haven't seen for a while on Friday, but she has COVID. Oh, no. So um, I don't know, but something that I'm just happy about. Yeah. Um, Something that makes me happy. I was super yippy and happy this morning. There had to be a reason. I'm like in that moment where I'm just right in the now. I can't think about okay past or future. But um, that's an okay. Place I don't know to be. this. I'm not supposed to have caffeine, and she did. I had a coffee today. It was a wonderful <laughs> Halloweeny um, 
cold brew thing with lavender cold foam. Absolutely delightful. It's I will really regret good. it later. And you can see my hands right now. I'm regretting that part, but um, it just made me happy. So there you go. Yeah. Escaping to a good cup of coffee. Yeah. So on our very first episode, I talked about the place I wanted to escape to was a good book that was just cheesy romance. So the book I'm reading, not a cheesy romance. No, I mean, I think it will come around, but it actually so far has been pretty sad. And I'm like, this is not. <laughs> well, Julie. Like, gosh darn it. This is not the escape I was looking for, but it is still a good book. So I'm sticking with it. I'm probably two thirds of the way through. The next book will be the escape to the cheesy romance, maybe. And then when we say like escape artist, you know, we are talking about anything that you've done or want to do or are in the process of overcoming yeah. in life. Yeah. Whether that's like, you know, reframing yourself or learning a new skill or breaking a cycle. Yeah. And we talk about poverty or abuse or trauma or anything like that. Um, there's just so much power and resilience and community and we want to celebrate those stories we hear them every day at work and we just want to connect people who are doing that hard work to, to break these cycles and and redefine what they're about what you're about what you're going to accept um for your life and you know setting those boundaries is incredibly empowering so yeah we want to we want to help celebrate celebrate you and uh so please share those stories yeah with us. and that email again escape artist at escapepod.live and um again the website escapepod.live check us out follow us on the socials that you'll find on that page as well share with our, your friends tell other people about us know that this escape pod podcast is part of a larger mission to change people's lives for the better and that's all for this week do you have anything else you want to say before we end it We'd like to give a shout out to a couple of special people that have been helping us with this podcast. First one is Alec Doyle, creator of original music, um, our theme music. He spit out in what, a couple days? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because he's uber talented. He's mad talented. I wish I could do that. And our friend and coworker, KB. I have always called her um, a marketing guru, but she really is a production assistant extraordinaire for this very podcast. So thank you, Alec. Thank you, KB. We appreciate you. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time when you escape with us.